Content marketing is an important part of helping you stand out from your competitors. So when the newish company Freightvana came onto the scene, they wanted to hit the ground running with a social strategy to help them raise brand awareness. And it's worked like a charm. Welcome into another episode of the Digital Dispatch Podcast. I am your host, Blake Brimley, and we cover how your favorite things and people get from point A to B. On today's show is a lengthy conversation with Freightvana's VP of Business Development, Lars Ward. Having an extensive background in sales, Lars shed some light on how quickly they've grown their presence online by leveraging social media. I think it's a great lesson for other 3PLs out there to take some examples of how Freightvana has used social media and brand awareness in order to generate buzz around their, their company. I think you guys are really going to like this episode, so let's go ahead and dive in. To another episode of Sorry Really, we are still here live at Manifest the Future of Logistics. Got a special guest for you today. Got Lars from Freightvana. Lars, for the folks who are not on LinkedIn, can you explain who who you are and and, and your company and all that good stuff? Yeah, well, thanks so much for having me, first of all. My name is Lars Ward. Uh, I'm our Vice President of Business Development at Freightvana. Freightvana is a logistics startup based in Phoenix, Arizona. We got started last year in June. Uh, We started our day one with a little bit more than 20 folks who are part of our team, and uh, we've been growing pretty quickly in the logistics space. So this year, I think we've already doubled our headcount from day one of last year. And yeah, we've got some ambitious growth goals as we go into 22. What's it like starting a business in a pandemic? Oof. Uh, it's a little bit scary and a lot of fun, right? So I think we were all uncertain about what the business environment would look like, what the freight environment would look like if you were to rewind the tape to March or April of 20. Mm -hmm. I think it was the first time for most of us where we saw empty shelves and a really complex supply chain where we weren't sure what was going to be moving. And then very, very quickly, that story changed where we saw the importance of transportation, logistics, and supply chain uh, really grow through the pandemic and the necessity of it, right? Mm Fast forward a little bit later in the to start our company, uh, sure, a little bit scary, but I think we saw that there was a great opportunity to go out and do something different. So it's That's been awesome. good for us. That's awesome to hear. Yeah. I, I love the success stories of the people who have started in the middle of, I think, what is the most challenging time for a lot of folks, yeah. a lot of businesses. So starting something new and then seeing that double-digit growth, especially among your, your, your team, like that is, it's already like an incredible it's, story. It's very validating, even in a short amount of time, six, seven, eight months, where uh, we look back at day one as something that feels like years ago, Yeah. which is, uh, I'm saying is a good thing, not a bad thing. It's not the dog years of startups, but it's really, uh, we've, we've been encouraged because of the adoption and the encouragement from our customers, from our carriers, from our vendors, because they see what we're doing. They see that we show up different and they're excited to watch us grow and to grow with us. And I had mentioned too, you're speaking of the growth and I had mentioned earlier as sort of the kickoff to the show that if you're not on LinkedIn, yeah. then you probably haven't seen a lot of the posts. That we you got guys connected are through creating, LinkedIn, right. which is super fun. And that's, I yeah. think that's the beauty of like live events like this is because for the first time since really COVID hit, you're able to start meeting with those connections that you yes. made digitally and you're meeting them in real life. And you guys have really been like taking off on LinkedIn, even the, the aspect of like the, uh, the branding behind like your profile yes. photos on LinkedIn. What was it? It was, a, a cohesive strategy that you guys all came up with? So I'm going to give a shout out to our director of recruiting and marketing, Josh Breeze. A lot of what you see on LinkedIn is because of him. So just a great creative person. And you talked about the headshots. So uh, we have two primary colors at Freightvana, gray and gold. 
and we put kind of a gold background behind all of our team. And that's fun, and, and what's really fun too is when you see on LinkedIn, maybe we're all interacting on a post or uh, you know, some folks are looking at our company and they're getting to see this uniform sort of brand, which I think is a great way for us to get our name out into the marketplace. Uh, but even from a posting standpoint, we're able to generate a lot of intrigue and interest in what we're doing by being present and showing up in an authentic manner in LinkedIn and in other forms, right? We don't want to have that, you know, I'd say sort of standoffish approach. We want to meet people where they are. I think the front door of so many B2B interactions is really your website, but even more so your social media personality. Where, you know, how are you meeting your customers? And if they can interact with us and they can see who we are, we're going to have a better chance of working with them, right? Was there an initial strategy on before getting on LinkedIn? Mm. Because I, I believe that you guys are, are, are fairly, you just said you're, you're, you're less than a year old. We started last year, yeah. So less than a year old. Was there a, a thought process of going into social media of we want to have yeah. a cohesive team strategy? You know, I'd like to say that there was, but I think it's grown organically. Mm. So what we wanted to do is this. We wanted to be... Um, we wanted to be an organization that would show up authentically. But saying that's easy, it's not necessarily strategic. And I think as we've evolved, we said, well, how do we want our messaging to look and what do we want to share and how do we want to share it? LinkedIn's been a great resource and a great tool for us because we can share pretty frequently, pretty consistently. And then as we've continued sharing, we've got nearly a thousand followers. Well, as a new logistics company. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, sure, all of our employees follow us, but we don't have a thousand employees, not yet, right? So for us to be able to do that, what that means is folks are seeing what we post and they want to follow along with our journey, right? So I think from a strategic standpoint, it's grown uh, very, very quickly. But day one, we said we just want to show up and we want to be authentic. (laughs) From there, it's developed. It's become a little bit more complex, as you'd expect. But really, I think we just started with a high-level perspective that we're going to show up as who we are. Hmm. Yeah. And so from, from that lens, obviously LinkedIn is, is a big priority for you guys. Yeah. What about the lens of other social media platforms? Yeah, are you so guys starting to, to expand felt, out there? <laughs> I felt like I was totally missing the boat early. Um, I had heard about TikTok, um, never interacted on it, never downloaded it, never looked at TikTok. But Josh was really, really early on marketing through TikTok. And he said, hey, let's be funny. It's a great way for a message to land, to stick. And I think even in uh, the last eight months or so, you're seeing more companies follow along and going with that sort of format. Being able to create fun, uh, punchy videos that might make you laugh, might make you think, uh, are a great way to land a message. And so we've been doing a lot in LinkedIn, a lot in Instagram, and then we've been cross-sharing a lot of that content on the platform because, again, as a startup, it's our job to get our name out there, and this has been a great way to do it for us. Do you guys have a singular strategy for each platform, or is it kind of, you know, because I, I always yeah. sort of tell people, well, learn one platform first and then start to expand out. Okay, And then so you can kind of use the same content on different platforms, but you got to change it a you little gotta bit. you got to change it up a little bit. You can't just go with the same strategy yeah. across the board. Do you remember when you first got a LinkedIn profile? No, I don't because it was so either. long ago. It was so long ago, right? And, and it, it was a feels like platform. It feels like this digital sort of resume. Yeah. Or at least it used to, right? You only looked at it when you needed a job. Only when you needed a job. Mm-hmm. If you saw someone five years ago in the office on LinkedIn, they were going to be called in for a one-on-one. Right. Like, <laughs> immediately. Like, them. HR is like... <laughs> and now it's like... You might walk by somebody like, hey, why haven't you logged into LinkedIn recently, mm-hmm. right? Oh, that's, a, that's very true. You know, why aren't you active on there? Our buyers are there, our vendors are there, our partners are there. Well, why aren't you, right? So that's changed pretty quickly. 
think that's here to stay, mm -hmm. right? And it's going to continue to get more complex. So now back to the question, how do you show up differently on those different platforms? Not all that long ago, we were only on LinkedIn to go find jobs. Now we're on there to connect. To, I mean, genuinely to connect, right? I think it's okay to show up very authentically on LinkedIn, to be funny, to uh, not be so buttoned up. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think that's what people expect. And, and hey, even in the post-COVID era, I think a lot of that formality was thrown out the window. Remember those early days of Zoom? And it's like, my dog's barking. Sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And it's like, want to see my like, dog? <laughs> it's like, you get it. Like, this is the whole thing. We have another package at our door. Like, <laughs> if you hire me, you hire my dog too. <laughs> yeah, right? It, it's like, well, same, like, I've got two little ones. It's like, my kid's crying in the background. Want to see my kid? It's a great selling technique. Absolutely. Because I feel like people will connect but early with that, on, though. early on, you were shy about it or you yes. felt embarrassed by it. And I think organizations that say, no, 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 it's okay. Right. You've got a dog. That's great. You've got a family. That's great, too. I right? think it was funny about a year before COVID hit. I want to say it was about that time frame that this guy was doing an interview on, like, CNBC or something like that. Oh, the where kid the kid comes in and, like, just marches what, in. And then the one that followed in. <laughs> I felt, and then the, the, the woman comes in and just grabs both of them yeah, and he's and apologizing, but everybody's well, asking and what's about funny, the and so and then they and then they went back to it afterwards, <laughs> where it's like, okay, and you know, you know that like if you're and hey, it could be the other way around. Right. I'd come in and I'd be running the kids, you know, if my right. wife was on a call or something like that. But you kind of have that moment where you're like, oh no, and now it's like it's okay. You know what's funny is that that he guy just turned does his like video now? off like for like two seconds and solved that whole, but it was a great meme. Like we needed that. Yes. Yeah. I, that, so it's that aspect of it. But now when that guy does interviews, people yeah. will flood the comments asking about the kids. See my, yeah. Yes. Show your kids. Right. <laughs> so there was that one. And then there was another one where someone said something. I, I think he had to get up out of his chair and he was wearing shorts. Right. Yeah. So like professional and then gym shorts. Um, the CEO then stands up, is like, "Yeah, me too." Yeah, everybody does that, right? <laughs> it, so, except for us, we're live at a conference, so we're not doing that. I had to break out my jackets. <laughs> I had to clean my nice pants. Uh, <laughs> but it's great. It's great that we're getting back to this. So you think about yes. those things where what's changed after COVID. I think we're more sincere. I think we're more authentic, and that is such a great thing. Absolutely, it has pushed us to be more of ourselves in our workplace. And so I think those lines get a little bit blurred when it comes to social media. We can be more personable on a LinkedIn. We can right. be funny on a LinkedIn. We can be consistently hanging out on LinkedIn. We can also be on Facebook and Instagram and TikTok. And then when I think it, when it comes to the professional side, when we're doing video calls, that's gotten so much better. Mm -hmm. And simultaneously, I think the opportunity to get back in person for conferences, for meetings has gotten better. And Before, then it strengthens those digital relationships too. Early on in my sales career, I was measured on how many hands I would shake. Mm -hmm. Not the thoughtfulness of the meetings I would have, the proposals I would give, uh, the work that I would go and do. Um, now I love shaking hands. There's nothing wrong with that. But when you do get opportunities to come to conferences, right, I think you show up in that same manner with everything else that we're talking about, where you can be a little bit authentic and dress down and, and just, I don't know, cut through some of the BS. Just embrace it. And, yeah. and I, think it, I think that that's also what's changed about COVID too, with coming back to the live events, is that yep. you're using the live events to strengthen those digital relationships that you've been building for the last couple yeah. of years. And you can keep those going. And I think too, you, you can also be a little bit more picky about the events that you go to, yes. where it's more of an experience at the event, because I think that that's one of the, the great things about Manifest is that you have the autonomous vehicle zone. You have Which a so cool. puppy lounge. You have all of these different Can aspects. Can we talk about the puppy lounge? Let's talk about the puppy okay, lounge. The puppy lounge might be my favorite thing. Um, 
Geoda sponsored the Puppy Lounge yes. here, and I talked to their head of marketing, um, Evelyn, I forget her last name. She did a fantastic job. And so not only is it puppies, but it's also partnered with a local rescue where you yep. can adopt the animals. Um, but in the middle of the conference floor, there's a, I don't know, 20 by 20 little dog pen, beautiful little puppies Enough running around. Enough for a around. few benches, some fake grass, yeah. like, uh, plenty of room to spread out. You want to get folks to stop by in a conference setting, your booth. Puppies is probably the best way to go and do that. I feel like that's brilliant. If if a conference doesn't have a puppy booth in the future, they're missing. Yeah, I'm right? not going. But but think about it too. So we've <laughs> maybe uh, <laughs> if you're conference planners, if you want get to puppies. guarantee that will be there and that people will be you, excited. It, it, it might be the hit of the show. It's like okay, Atomic trucks number one, puppies number two. See, I'd swap it. Yeah, or maybe like one A and one B. One A, one B. Yeah, yeah, and depending on. Where, you, where you're at, that, that answer flips. So, but what, what's great about that is it's a physical representation of showing up a little bit different, of being more genuine, being more authentic, right? A couple of years ago, something like that, I could see people thumbing their nose at it. And then I saw some professionals down on the fake AstroTurf saying, come here, little puppy, right? <laughs> Having a great time. Yes. You know, it's funny, I was talking to some folks too, and they said, Conferences can also be a little bit stressful. Mm. What a great mental health break. Yes, that was what my thought process. What a great mental health break, right? You're talking, you're, and, and I think that that's one part of COVID that not a lot of people talk about is that you have spent a lot of time indoors. You probably yes. haven't been talking to a When's lot When's the last of time you've done this, right. right? And so it can be a little exhausting to come to these things really? and talk yeah. so much that you need that mental break in order yes. to get that recharge. And that was the perfect way for me to recharge, to go play with some puppies. Yes. And then I'm in a much better mood to go around and have conversations. You know, he'll he'll kick me for this, but our CTO, Don Everhart, was actually late to a customer meeting. Show, you know, like two minutes late. Sorry, Don. Uh, and he shows up, he says, hi, I'm Don Everhart, CTO. I was playing with puppies. <laughs> Instantly forgiven, <laughs> yeah, though. Forgiven, totally. Well, you know what's great? The customer's like, oh, yeah, I played with them earlier. <laughs> so did not care. Yeah, and, and so, again, I think we're just showing up uh, a little bit more genuinely than we used to, and that's one of the really good thing that's happened over the last year and a half, two years. For sure. Right? And I think too, from, from that aspect, we, we had talked a little bit about LinkedIn. We talked about the puppy yep. lounge and like th those different connections. And I feel like a lot of companies would be asking themselves before they even invest in something like that, a, a LinkedIn strategy or yes. a puppy lounge, what's the ROI? The famous question the famous with marketing question. and sales is what's yeah. the ROI? So what's your take on the ROI of a LinkedIn strategy of a puppy well, lounge? ROI is the wrong question, isn't it? I think it is. So, so you are trying to put a black and white measurement on something that isn't so black or white. Unless you have a different ROI strat. ROI is different well, for everybody. It is. And so, and maybe, hey, so so I'll clarify that a little bit. If you have a very traditional ROI strategy, you're probably going to miss on social in general and marketing specifically because you're not thinking about it as a way to go and acquire customers because it's because well, when well, it comes so, to so, social media so, and so puppy lounges. The, <laughs> but the work that we've been doing for months is the inbound leads I saw today, mm -hmm. right? So think about that. The work we've been doing for months is the inbound leads I've seen today. Now, the revenue I see to those, is that going to be a week from now, a month from now, three months from now? The sales cycle looks a little bit differently. But then what's the lifetime value of that customer who came in on that inbound lead? For some legacy companies, they might be able to measure that well. For some, I think they've got to do some deep, deep, uh, thoughtful work on thinking about how they should approach that. And I think if they were to 
embrace the fuzziness of the direct ROI in a short amount of time, what they'd say is, we can't underinvest here. Mm. There is no amount of, uh, well, let me say it this way. They, you need to maximize your marketing dollars. There was a, an old uh, Coca-Cola ad executive who at some point said, we will spend a dollar for every dollar and a cent return we get from marketing. Now that was aggressive and that was from a different era, but that quote always stuck with me and I'm paraphrasing and butchering it at that, but. It, it's to the effect of marketing cannot be undervalued, right? And even though I don't have responsibility for that, I have responsibility for the direct selling of it, uh, I need great marketing to do my job well. Absolutely, because it, it's like you said, it takes months of work. Months. And I feel like that's what a lot of companies miss. And even when you see the value of it, you're not going to see it in that one moment. Right. But that value might come it for years afterwards. And I think for a lot of folks that you know, you'll see predominantly within logistics and the LinkedIn community, they have been building for years. Yes. For at least a year, at least, you know, a lot of them two years. I know it's taken me about two years to really gain a lot of traction yeah. to find yourself at events like this, talking to folks like yeah. you. So it's an investment, not just monetarily, but time-wise, strategy-wise. I can tell when I was learning. saying that, you're you're thinking to yourself, right, there were months and months yes. of building to get to this moment. One post may give you six yeah. likes. And, and that's okay. you got to build to it. That's totally it. okay. But, right? you know, it's a lot of executives, if they don't get 100 likes, on something, they think it's a they failure, quit. they quit after two months, and they see no value yeah, in it. Yeah, it's a, it's a flash in the pan. There's so many organizations, when I go to look at their organization page on LinkedIn, and then I go to look at their posts, they've made two posts in last year. Oh my gosh, you're missing. Right. Right? You've got to be consistent, you have to have a strategy, and you have to have the commitment and follow through to see that over a period of time. You won't see any value if you don't. Right. But I think a lot of folks are short-sighted and, uh, hey, let's be let's be real. Logistics. Why, why do you? We're guys, not good at marketing. So obviously you're, you're you're very pro marketing, which is kind of I think you know for over the I guess the history is you know marketing versus yeah. sales in a lot of organizations. It but you guys be. seem yeah. yeah you guys seem to have a great relationship. So how do y'all keep that dynamic? moving in a positive way? Is it active communication? Is it joining each other in, in uh, sales meetings, marketing meetings? What does that I look think, like for I you guys? I think we get an interesting vantage point to it because we're new. And so I know the value of marketing and having brand awareness. Whereas I think some legacy companies might say to themselves, well, folks know who we are. Right. And that might not be true. And so I think they look at it maybe a little bit adversarially, where you're not doing your job, well, you're not doing your job. And that's the classic marketing sales sort of certified, sort of and I just, I don't know. I, I think those lines are, are even pretty blurred today, where it's not just a, you can't have a strategy for either sales or marketing that doesn't include the other. Absolutely. So, so when you ask, hey, why is it working for us? I think it's because we view it that way. We've been hand in hand since day one. That's awesome. Yeah. What, what are the kind of, I guess, the ways that you guys work together? Is it regular meetings? Is yeah, it maybe regular meetings, brainstorming, team? and you know, it's kind of fun. Um, hey, COVID's disrupted a lot of things, but one of the things that we are fortunate to have is an office space where we all get to be together. Um, and hey, we have hybrid remote work. We have a few employees who are in different states, but primarily our folks are in Phoenix, Arizona, right? And so we can get together and rap and brainstorm and do some of those things that are a little bit better in person, right? There are some great things to do remote at home, even in sales and marketing, but I think the consistent getting together, brainstorming, working together has helped us out. I also say we're very fortunate as a team. A lot of the folks who uh, are a part of this journey with us, we've known for a long period of time. Some of the folks that are at Freightvana, even though we've only been together for six, seven, eight months, 
I've known for 10 years, right? And so we're operating from this high level of trust. We're in it together. I think we've just, I don't know, we've, we've been able to do it a little bit differently than we did in the past life. Now, obviously you guys are prioritizing marketing and sales relationship and, yep. and, and collaboration together. The, is historically in this industry the, the, that hasn't always been the case, oh, but so are there bad. any... <laughs> we're so bad. No, guys. But are there any companies doing it right that you're a fan of? Freight Mana. <laughs> what about outside of freight? No, Mana? no, Or maybe I know. outside of freight. Um, maybe lessons that you take from, from other companies on LinkedIn. You know what? I'd say so, so the companies that are here, I think, are doing a great job. I've seen a lot of great branding, a lot of great marketing. I think, by and large, the companies that are showing up to events like this are realizing the importance of it, so they are investing in it. And, you know, I think some of the digital startups, right, which, which we're a part of, they do a better job because they're coming to it from a different perspective. And they than, have to. Yes. They have, have to. to do it because they don't have 200 And so I think that pushes the, the industry, which is a great thing. It's what it's what a lot of these startups say that they're doing. But the truth is you see that happen when they get their brand recognition out there in a short amount of time. And as startups, they're able to disrupt that traditional legacy model, right? I think that does push the whole industry. So no, I'm kidding. We do a great job, but there's there's a lot of folks in the space that we're fans of. But also say, look in the last couple of years, what you're doing, what other folks like you are doing, able to build up a following, put out content, do things like that. That wasn't happening three years ago. No, it was happening it was, in other industries, not, yes, right. not freight. And so I think in general, logistics is sometimes slow to adopt new technologies because sometimes we're doing really tough work and the barriers to change are high, right? You can't go and shut down a building for a year. You can't go and rework an entire supply chain in a short amount of time. So some of the, the changes are slower or incremental, and they also have to be proven before they're implemented, right? If I were to go back to some of the early objections we had at Freightvana, it wasn't about our model, our approach, or our team, but sometimes it was simply, we don't want to make a heavy investment early with a newer provider. That I'll start you slow, because we're gonna crawl, walk, and then we're gonna run, right? Now what's funny is, in this market, if you can prove it even after a short period of time, they'll scale you up really quick, right? Um, but I think marketing and the adoption of it is very similar, right? I think they want to see the ROI. They want to see it work. They want to see other folks do it uh, before they make an investment. I'll tell you now, we're, we're sharing, we're active at Freyvana, but in my past life, uh, the number of people we had to have to approve messages, the number of things we were told not to say, to not do, really just put handcuffs around us where we have a lot of creative people who share a lot today and didn't share at all last year. Right. Why, right? Preserve the brand, don't say something dumb, don't make a mistake, right, all that stuff. You have to get over it a little bit. And you have to you trust, trust your, your people. Team. Gosh, right. yes. We said it, Echo. It comes to trust. <laughs> yeah, no, but it's so true. It is. If you would trust your folks to talk to your partners, why wouldn't you trust them to talk to the marketplace? Talk well to those who want to be your partner. Absolutely. Because I think you, you can't suffocate creativity, and you have to yes. you have to be able to give the the leash a little bit for your employees to build their personal brands because that helps you build like your company way, brand. I like the way you said it. It almost feels like trust plus empowerment. Mm -hmm. Trust plus empowerment is what is going to give you that marketing momentum that you're probably looking for. Right. Yeah. And that you're probably that. paying thousands and thousands of dollars oh to Google gosh. AdWords each month. Or yeah. imagine if you took that budget and invested it into a personality to come in and find the cool spots within your company that you could be talking about. 
companies need to be thinking more about that. They need to be You're thinking about working with influencers and especially from a lot of these different carriers and maybe you have dedicated fleets with, with truckers that have a you know a high profile. Truckers have some of the best social media they do. in all of logistics. It's so slept on. And they are not you they're not getting paid for their influencer work. And a lot of executives don't even see that kind of media because they're not consuming it. Right. And once you do, you see, oh my gosh, this is so valuable. Hundreds of thousands of followers for Seriously. a lot of these guys on yeah. YouTube, on Instagram, yeah, on Yeah, we TikTok. haven't talked too much about YouTube. YouTube is a great vlogging mechanism for drivers. Yes. And some of the content's really good. It's entertaining. And it's very insightful. And, yeah. and speaking of like, you know, marketing and sales communicating together, like more and more fleets or, or even brokers, if and you're working seen, with these you've carriers. Seen some dip their toes into it, but then it still has, I feel like, the baggage of legacy marketing where it's a little buttoned up and a little bit stuffy. How many leads did we get from that YouTube yeah, video? Yeah, right. Like, and so then you do like a series of three and then you wait and then you don't get traction and then you stop. And you probably spent a couple grand on high production equipment, renting a crew where... We had you, the best transitions. <laughs> Nobody Screw cares. Your transitions. They Nobody want cares. to feel connected. I mean, don't get me wrong, it's nice when it's clean. But. Right. But at the same time, like, you know, the, the, the majority of videos that go viral on, say, like a TikTok are the low quality, the, the real unboxing of products, not yeah. the, the fake scripted, you know, that people don't want the curated social media feed anymore. They want the realness. And I think that that's why platforms like TikTok to an extent, I would say to an extent LinkedIn, but there's still, I think, a lot of BS on, on LinkedIn that needs to get cleaned up. But there I is. feel like more as more creators are seeing value. But you can't let that stop you, yes. right? Because you can be the value in somebody's yeah. feed. When right. you see so much cheesy stuff, if you're sick of like seeing certain things, then be the value that you want in your own timeline and provide that to somebody else. So why do you think companies don't do it? They're too afraid. Yeah. And they just don't, they don't believe Too afraid in it. of brand too reputation afraid. or where, where do you think? Brand reputation and then I would also say time commitment. They do not prioritize it so it's easy to put like it on the back I the ROI burner. is so high and I know that it probably doesn't sound like that because I, I would argue it's hard to measure but it's actually incredibly high. I mean, from a marketing perspective, dollars spent in marketing come back to you in a significant way, right? And even if it is those hard-to-measure uh, features like having brand awareness, right, which is, you know, maybe not a direct return, it does produce a direct return at some point in time. And so it's just, I don't, I don't understand Well, it. the easiest thing, I think, for, for a lot of folks is just adding a simple field to their contact forms on their website. Yeah. Uh, adding, how did you hear about us? Not a drop-down, not a pre-selected box that you have. So they have to fill it you out and give you that feedback. You have to fill it out, and you have to hmm. manually type it in where you heard of that company or where you've heard of that And that the truth brand. is, if they were to do it, by and large, it's going to be social media. Yes. They're not finding it from Google. Podcast your, 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 or social media. Your AdWords are just getting buried. Mm -hmm. And I mean, it's terrible. You can type in any one of the companies here and their competitors are the first and second and third result. Right. Right. Okay, so that's not great. Podcast, we haven't talked a lot about that. A lot of folks don't even jump on a podcast. And it's so, it's the best PR that you can get. If you can hire a PR agency to book you on, say, 10, 20 podcasts. I love the industry podcast, too. They've been getting so much better, and they're fun. And you get to feel like you know people. Mm -hmm. Like when you when you read some copy or see a marketing deck or all of that, great, right. sure. But you really get a sense to know somebody yes. when you listen to them in a long-form interview like this, and and they tell you where they're coming from and who they are and what they're trying to do. Right. You know. And then it goes back, I think, to our earlier point where you have that digital connection. But if you're with afraid, somebody. if you're afraid that you're going to say the wrong thing or you don't empower your people, you don't jump on it. Great, your competitors will. Right. 
Great. And you'll die a slow death. Yeah. Like that's that's just the name of the game. You either you have to adapt to survive, especially in a digital yeah. media environment, because folks who were building on Facebook ten years ago, they saw they saw they got a lot of value from that originally, but if they t- didn't take those skill sets and move them to another yeah. platform then they probably are already done for Because they died over there. Right. So let me ask you, because I love that conversation, so where do you think the next year to five years would be from a social marketing standpoint? Where's the traffic going to go? Social, I think, it's difficult to, to say five years because there's no way to even Like TikTok tell, was on nobody's radar. Right. Whereas you would Until probably say pandemic. that's a part of the strategy now. But yes, uh, the, the biggest organic reach that you have online right now is through LinkedIn and through TikTok. That's where you had the most yeah. chance of going viral, getting attention. I think part organic. of it too is, is Facebook has had to monetize Facebook and Instagram mm-hmm. in a way that's made it a little bit tougher to stand out or a little bit more expensive. But why have they done that? Because it is effective. So you still have to do that. Right. That still has to be a part of your strategy. But the return is higher in LinkedIn right now. It's higher in TikTok. Absolutely. And it's higher in podcasting. Organically, it's the, the best bang for your, your time buck is yeah. going on LinkedIn and going on TikTok. But if you're doing a paid strategy, it's a way to guarantee distribution of the content that you're already creating. So I'm a big fan of folks who are creating content, long yeah. form interviews, things like this, and then paying for that guaranteed distribution on the spot. I'm not right. a fan as opposed to folks who pay a lot of money in order to show an ad, hey, download our case study, Nick. download our ebook. Oh my no gosh. One does that. Nobody wants to cuz and then you know you're going to get into the sales funnel. Yep. And you know the white paper is like yep. literally crap. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Less than 1, I think it's something like less than 1% of folks who will download a case study or download an ebook will actually read Should it. Should I plug my freight on a then... white, white paper? <laughs> is it is it ungated no, or gated? No, I'm it's kidding. gated. We, yeah, I mean, we, we send we send things like that to shippers. Well, I think you should. Because we're not trying to use that as a info grab. Yeah. Because typically what you're doing is give, yes. me, your, give me your data and I'll give you an email a sequence. nugget. I know, you're and it's so bad. An email you want my drip campaign? Right. I, I mean, like, no, just and me. you have to do it. It is a part of the strategy. There's right. no doubt. One of the hardest things we have to do as sales folks in the logistics space is get the attention of customers. Uh, I've talked to a couple of customers here, but I actually had uh, a really good friend of mine send me. This is early on last summer. I, I said, "Hey, how can I stand out in my messaging?" This person is a friend, uh, but have also done quite a bit of business together. I said, "How can I stand out?" And it's a hard to answer question, but a part of that discussion went this way. I said, every single cold solicitation email I get, I'm going to forward to you. Do you want that? I said, of course I do. Like, please send it. I got about 100 messages a week for a month, and I told him to stop it. <laughs> um, like, legitimately. There's, no, there's no way you can develop a relationship with all of those people. And so, mostly drip campaigns. A couple of personalized emails, most of them were bad. Mm. Like, really bad. I saw a couple where, like, the, uh, you know, it, w- it wasn't working where it's like, you know, insert name. Like, those moments, cringe. Hi, F right? name. Yeah. <laughs> Capitalized, like, name. <laughs> you know, and um, they were just, I don't know. They, they weren't very good. And I think the challenge is not just to show up and do, whether it's the other things that we've done, drip campaigns, whatever the sales strategy might be, it's not a matter of just doing the work, but it's doing it well. Right. Uh, one of my favorite quotes, I think I might have said it to you yesterday, um, but it truly is one of my favorite quotes. Anyone who's ever worked for me has heard it too many times, I right? Think, I think, yeah, I know and where you're going And it's with a this. paraphrase, <laughs> but so is Mark Twain, Mark Twain, and he said uh, something to the effect of, sorry I wrote you such a long letter, I didn't have time to write a short one. Marketing is hard. It is. Good marketing is really, really hard work. And the only way you Don't get better. Don't just show up. Don't just show up. 
make that make that a commitment and keep doing it because yeah. the only way you get better is by getting the reps in yeah it was so bad when my <laughs> when my buddy was sending me all of those cold solicitations because what i realized is that is in part who i compete with the folks who just inundate poorly are you guys doing any uh cold emailing cold outreach oh, are, you, yeah. so are you a big fan of like that or or do big you kind fan. of balance it with there's a balance yeah. yeah there's a balance i mean as 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 much as possible i want to build a sincere relationship mm-hmm. where we can show up a little bit differently but at some point we've got to agree to talk to each other and to work with each other and again i'm empathetic a lot of these shippers are dealing with poor service blown budgets and they're still getting blown up by folks who want to be a part of their business and i think for us we're sincere we're deliberate we're targeted um doesn't mean we're always successful especially with cold outreach sure but it's something that you have to do i think i saw and i don't know it's in the industry so it's pretty prevalent but something like you've got to reach out to somebody seven times yeah. on average before they're going to or they have hear to see your or respond. Ad. Yeah, so something like that. So, so let's just say it's seven times, okay? Before they typically, on average. Well, that means for some, you might need to send them a message twenty times, and it's not a matter of being uh, a burden to those prospects that you'd like to work with. But I think it's this: if you believe with conviction that you have value to deliver, it's your job to be persistent. But you need to show up in a way that lets them see that there is value. Otherwise, you are that burden. You are that annoying salesperson. Don't don't show up like that. Well, I think cold outreach is a little bit easier. It's more effective. Correct me if I'm wrong, because you're doing so much on social media. So folks already oh, kind of sure. have like yes. a little bit of familiarity with well, your brand, so it even, makes the cold outreach with, effective. And even with the cold outreach, I don't try to go just generic drip campaign. I kind of hate it. I mean, do you like when you get drip campaigns? It, it depends. If it's, But I always yeah. go back to, if it's highly specifically targeted to me, okay. it's something yep. that I signed up for, I know I'm gonna go into an Ooh, email and you sequence, signed up for it. Yeah. and I signed up for it, so if I'm getting highly targeted emails on a regular basis that are high value, Mm-hmm. then I don't like report them for spam. See, or... I, I like the opt-in sequences versus the opt-out, hmm. right? So if I'm going to send you one on a totally cold uh, mass drip campaign, I like opt-in. And sometimes you need that reminder. Yeah. Like, uh, for example, like um, courses that I have taken in the past. Okay. Is sometimes I will just forget yeah. that I just signed up for that course and then I haven't taken it yet. But if I'm getting the email sequences, hey, there's this something, is, that, this that, is that, something that prompts you the right way. Yes. This yeah. is something that you'll learn in this lesson. Or do you want to jump back in and start and continue you know, your so, progress? So, and you talk about the, the cold solicitations. Think about how it ties back to social media. I might have a transportation manager like or interact with something that we do on LinkedIn. And then I might send them an email because I'm gonna use a prospecting tool to go find their email, go find their phone number. And I might say, hey, so-and-so, maybe I've even give them a phone call. I like that a little bit more. Hmm. I feel like, I don't know, people have moved away from phones a little bit. I, I definitely have. I know. If but I don't have a scheduled call, I'm not picking it up. <laughs> so what do you do with a voicemail? This is a serious question. So you get a voicemail from somebody. Do you like that better than a cold email? It depends on the voicemail. I don't want a voicemail that says, hey, call me back. I oh want, yeah, no, agree. Uh, tell me why you're calling. Oh my gosh. Tell me in the message why you're calling. What's fun about those ones is you can block their number. <laughs> <laughs> so, so when I leave a cold voicemail, it's a quick, here's who I am, here's what I'm doing, and then here's why I want to connect specifically. I do the same in, in cold emails. I do the same when someone has interacted with us in a cold fashion and agreed to a meeting. I like to send a reminder prompt discussing what we are going to talk about and why that meeting is worth their time. Smart. Yeah, right. And part of it is the commitment device. You said you would meet with me and here's what we're going to do. And then here's what I'm hoping to get out of it. I like doing that. And it seems a little funny to say directly at the beginning what I I want at the end of it. Right. 
but then it kind of gives you these guardrails for your expectations. Right. And I don't know if I was, I feel like it disarms that I'm not sure what's going to happen next sort of experience. Yeah, I don't know what we're going to talk about or I don't know why we're getting on this phone call. You're answering yeah. those questions ahead of time and I would much rather, I would be much more opt to, to have that conversation with somebody if I knew exactly what we were talking about yes. and I know either I'm interested or I'm not right. and I'll just pass on the phone call versus taking the phone call because I know that this is something that I might I love be this topic. In, so. I love this topic. <laughs> I know. I feel like we could talk uh, a, a bunch more about this, but we have covered a lot of ground. Um, this might make for a full show on a future <laughs> Cyberly episode. So I hope you guys enjoy this conversation. Um, I'm in for it. Any Let's final it. notes, like sales marketing predictions that you have for the rest of this year? What's what's going on at Freightvana? All that good stuff. What do you guys got going on? All right. So you gave me a lot there. Yeah, I know. That was like uh, four questions. <laughs> this will be part two of the show. No, hey, r- real quick. Um, I would love if folks interact. You can reach out to me directly on LinkedIn, Lars Ward, uh, at Freightvana. Um, I would love if folks would follow along with us at Freightvana. I've... You weren't the only person at this conference. He said, I've noticed what you guys are doing. And I think uh, imitation is a great form of flattery. Maybe folks can find something that we would inspire them to go and do. There's lots of folks here that we're inspired by, right? And so I think that's uh, something that makes the entire social media ecosystem better when there are a lot of folks who are doing it. And, you know, maybe as a prediction, I don't know if this is a good prediction, but what I'd say is we have found value in it. Uh, we are going to continue investing heavily in the strategy that we've laid out by being active in social media. So not really a prediction, just telling you that's what we're doing. Well, that's really, I feel like yeah. that's a prediction for your company. So I feel like it works well. I think so. Awesome. Where, where can folks follow you, get more of your work? I know you mentioned LinkedIn. Yep. Link, um, LinkedIn's going to be the best place to reach out. I mean, I'm super active on there. Um, we are also active on TikTok. We're active on uh, Instagram. We're not as funny as some of the other pages, but we definitely try to be a little bit more fun in uh, Instagram and in and TikTok. You know, it's we haven't talked about this, but I love like freight caviar, yes. detention denied. I almost said it, and then you you took it for me. Yeah. There's so, also freight. Um, I don't know if I can say this, but freight bitch, um, freight b word. If you have to mute freight it. Freight bitch or, is great. <laughs> she's awesome too. So. <laughs> I'm glad you said it first. <laughs> I think uh, I think I'm okay to say it. So. Yeah. So. What I'd say is if someone watched this and uh, they were wondering what to do with it, I'd say, hey, uh, take this as a moment to think about your strategy on social and invest in it heavily. And it takes time. And it doesn't take yes. a, it doesn't have to be monetary. Yeah. It takes time investment. Yes. So jump in, start getting your hands dirty, and figure out how it's going to work for you. It's a must. Great talk about yourself. Yeah, this is Thank awesome. <laughs>